Barry Soper, political editors, with us for the last time this year. Hey, Barry. Well, not quite for the last, Heather. I think I've got to do one later oh. today, don't I? <laughs> or are you it's letting me go? I can go to the pub with me mates. <laughs> it's a good thing you know my show better than I do. Yeah, we're going to wrap the political week that was. It I'll tell you what, six. I've heard from uh, that dumb former president today as well. I heard you talk, talking to Oh, Dan yeah, Donald Trump. It. He's offered me the official 2022 Trump calendar. I've just got to contribute um, at least 45 bucks to one. American dollars? Knows. Yeah. 45 American dollars? I would imagine so. Jeez, that's a flash calendar, I'll tell you that. It's like 90 New Zealand dollars or something. I don't know what the exchange rate is anymore. I'm making it up. Okay, anyway, listen. So the, the, the ministers have been getting together, the, the group of people, to discuss what on earth to do with the Omicron and the boosters and stuff. Have they reached any conclusions? Well, no, we haven't heard from them, and I doubt whether we will. I think it'll be all part of the early... Well, maybe next week we might hear about the booster shots. But there are other decisions they'll be making early in the new year. But, um, you know, um, Ashley Bloomfield is providing the advice to them. And it's on shortening the current six-month interval uh, to boost her protection. And that's um, after your last, your second boost, uh, your second Pfizer shot. Uh, then um, they're wondering whether they should shorten that to maybe three months. Uh, which for people like me, I could go and have it now. But um, with most of us being on holiday, that's not probably going to be as easy as it might be. But um, look, uh, Bloomfield hasn't ruled out recommending uh, regional lockdowns, which could become a thing of the future if uh, Omicron does uh, take off. Um, And um, they would be provided within that traffic light uh, framework that um, Jacinda Ardern came up with. They've been watching the situations in Europe um, and highly vaccinated countries and also, you know, in Australia they've been looking at uh, what's Mm. going on there and to that end, Heather, that'll be the early January decision on whether they, in fact, go ahead with the um, January 17 opening of the border for self-isolation from Kiwis coming home from Australia. Now, you know, there'll be a lot of Kiwis there thinking, you know, goodness gracious, what else do we have to do? We've been wait- waiting so long, we've missed out on the um, the traffic, or not the traffic light, the uh, uh, lottery system. Uh, they'll be dying to get home, but uh, they'll be now waiting with bated breath for this government to make up its mind uh, early in January. Yeah, too right. We're going to speak to Peter McIntyre of the Immunisation Advisory Centre after five about mm-hmm. that. Uh, Waka Kotahi has just basically told the cyclists in Auckland, right, which is what we talked about at the start of the show, that that's it for the sky path finished. Yeah, once and for all, that um, there won't be any attachment on the Auckland Harbour Bridge for cycles or pedestrians. Now, uh, the Transport Minister, Michael Wood, um, he's asked the agency to come back in March with plans for providing um, access for cyclists across the Waitemata Harbour, uh, like ferries and buses. Well, you know, that's going to come at a fairly significant cost as well. Um, Papers that were released under the Official Information Act say that uh, a regular ferry service uh, could be up and running within two years after upgrades to terminals and ferries costing 60 million bucks and operating costs of about six million dollars a year and then if you're running a 10-minute bus service for cyclists that that's also being looked at looked at that could um, cost up to 30 million dollars for terminal upgrades and operating costs the same um, as the other one at six million dollars a year in case you missed it this week Heather uh, the government um, seemed to make light of the $51 million uh, it spent on investigating the ex-Baby Boomers Bright Bridge to Birkenhead, 
uh, with the man who controls our purse strings, Grant Robertson, appearing uh, to uh, say in question time this week from Axe uh, David Seymour to the Prime Minister that it's a trivial, trivial amount of money. The $51 million spent on investigating this sky path represented 0.047% or 5 one hundredth of 1% of government spending. And does she think that will have a major inflationary effect? Before, I mean, does the Prime Minister want to... Was there enough of a question in that rather than a statement for the Prime Minister to answer? Uh, Mr Speaker, I think what was invested in Skypath would pale in comparison to the cuts that would be proposed in services and investment in New Zealanders were the Act Party given the chance. Yeah, I, find, I just find that attitude pretty amazing. I mean, $51 million is $51 million. <laughs> You know? But you see, the thing is, Barry, doesn't that tell you everything you need to know? That they're happy to squander money because it's just a little percentage here and a little percentage there, whereas the rest of us are looking at thinking, that's mu-. like, I look at that and I think of the opportunity cost. You could put that yeah. into ICU beds. You could put that into kiddies schools. You could feed totally. kids. Yeah, I guess uh, the only... I don't uh, need cons- this level of, of frustration, this, this point <laughs> the in the year. The only consolation, Heather, is that $51 million is uh, less than the $585 million, or sorry, $785 million the uh, Sky Path was going to cost. Don't, you're starting to sound like Grant Robertson. Okay, <laughs> listen, you haven't got a long time, so give me your political performers. Don't worry about the underperformers, but just do the performers of the year. I'll do, yeah, I'll do a bit more later on this, yeah. uh, maybe. that. Uh, look, it... He's been a standout this year, and uh, the polls have reflected, and that's David Seymour from ACT. But, uh, you know, in fairness, he was filling a vacuum that was left by the National Party, all their infighting, their changes of leaders. I mean, it's just not been a good year. They haven't changed uh, the leaders this year, but Judith Collins uh, did not perform the way many were expecting. And uh, David Seymour certainly stepped up to the plate. And I think you'd be hard to go past him in terms Mm. of performance, not just inside the House, but outside it as well. I'll tell you what. Yeah, no, fair point. I'm actually looking forward to talking to you about that um, quarter past six. So let's do that there. Barry Soper, political editor, who will be with us again in about an hour and a half's time to wrap the political week and the political year that was.